good at her best, never let it rest until the good becomes better and the better becomes best. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Craig here. Um, I was uh, something I wanted to record today, uh, and and Joan and I will probably have a discussion about this next week. But um, so, if you've been wondering why we spend a lot of time talking about Jonah, I'm sorry, talking about Onan. We talk about Jonah too, but talking about Onan on this uh, channel. And it's not simply because it's a really fun story to talk about and make fun of. It actually has a pretty significant um, purpose uh, and a place, in, uh, at least in Catholic moral culture. I'm not sure if it's still the case in, let's say, more Protestant circles. But just the other day, I was on, uh, where was I at? I was on TikTok. And um, I got a notice, uh, I, I wouldn't have seen it otherwise, but I got an, you know, one of these suggested clips from, I think it was Catholic Answers, and someone on Catholic on these Catholic Answers TikTok account was responding to um, someone who claimed or argued that the Bible does not say anything about contraception. And the, uh, I should play the clip, but uh, I'm not going to. The, the, so the Catholic Answers person, I don't know who it was, went to the story of Onan and cited the uh, death of Onan purportedly for pulling out as being a scriptural support for the church's um position that contraception is evil now i uh i i always suspected and i knew historically that onan was always referenced for that but it's been uh, i have not seen someone recently um sort of tie those together and and i not that the catholic answers is a you know official arm of the church or anything like that but they're not they're they're not just a couple of podcasters around offering their opinions they're a pretty big organization i think a lot of people follow them and i think for the most part they get things right but uh it 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 seems like people just accept without really thinking <clears throat> the story of onan as being uh biblical support for the fact that god um God hates contraception. That's there's multiple reasons why that relationship is is not all that clear. And Joe and I have talked about it um, a lot, and we're we'll continue to talk about it because it does doesn't seem like anyone really pushes back, at least within Catholic circles. They hold on a second. So anyway, so I was uh, so that happened about a week ago, and I sent it to Joe, and I said, "Look, they're still doing it. They're still, they're still pointing to the story of Onan." 
Um, I'm not, just so we're clear, I'm not here to say that the church doesn't teach um, that birth control is wrong or even pulling out. Um, but what I am su suggesting here um, is it's not, at least for me as, a, as just a lay person uh, reading reading scripture, it's not all that obvious that th that's something we should we can conclude st simply from that scriptural reference. Perhaps just the you know the church's um, authoritative ability to speak on these things is is where we get it, and and that's fine. I mean, I mean if that's the source of it, that's the source of it. Let's be transparent about it. But I think I think trying to um, go back to the story of Onan and use that to sort of bootstrap our position on birth control and these other things, I think is, is, is not very satisfying to me. And there's an open invitation uh, for anyone that thinks that there is um, strong, um, there's a strong argument from Onan to support these teachings, uh, especially if there's any scholars out there, don't have to be Onan expert, but someone that, would be willing to be interviewed and help Joan and I maybe see the connection. We would love to, um, we'd love to have you on. There's an open invitation. So just get a hold of us, leave a comment or email us. The um, contact information for us is at the top of the YouTube page and should be on the Spotify and Apple um, platforms as well. So, so that happened, and I, I just had to chuckle because, like I said, Joan and I have been spending a lot of time talking about Onan, and here it is, uh, seemingly, um, you know, what I would say, real, um, legit uh, groups um, are using Onan as justification for the church's teaching on these things. And so I just, uh, I continue to be unpersuaded that that is, if, if that's it, if that is, especially if that is sort of where the church's teaching came from or the so-called teaching came from, I have a lot of problems with that because that just doesn't, that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but uh, who am I to, who am I to say? Anyway, uh, so second thing that happened and really kind of the main reason I wanted to do this episode and this kind of gets back to another sort of related theme that Joan and I have been wrestling with, and we sort of call it the other acts project. We've kind of danced around this, but essentially um, the church, the church has very clear teachings, uh, whether based on Onan or not, has very clear teachings on birth control and has a clear or at least a very specific teaching on masturbation that's 2352 in the catechism that's the section um so no which i think most of us interpret that to mean no solo activity amongst yourself but with the catechism at least and and i would say a lot of other church documents don't directly address is what about what we call other acts? And by other acts, we, we mean mutual acts between a married couple that are um, open to life, so to speak, um, that um, do not involve orgasm, or do not involve intercourse, but involve uh, orgasm 
and sexual climax by one or both um, spouses. We, um, we've kind of alluded to that a few times. We've had some episodes on Handy Andy. Uh, we actually just, we raised that issue with Father Longenecker in our, uh, I think it was episode 140. If you haven't checked out episode 140, I really, really encourage you to check that out. The episode is down into two parts. Uh, part one is um, talks about his sort of his conversion story from uh, evangelical Protestantism to an Anglican priest to Catholicism. And we talk a lot about just sort of the Anglican church and what it does and doesn't teach and um, and kind of how it's kind of gotten to where it is now. It's a really excellent um, interview, uh, but if you want to, if you want to, if you're not all that interested in his conversion story in Anglicanism, I strongly encourage you to go to part two, and I'll try to link to that below. So part two is really just, I, I thought it was just an excellent, excellent exchange between us. So we hit him hard, and we specifically brought up the question about other acts. Are they morally listed or not? And go listen to his answer for yourself. I, I don't want to misstate him, but he did not tell us that they're uh, wrong. Uh, he didn't tell us they were okay, but he kind of, I don't know, he, he went about in a little different way. And you judge for yourself what he said. But in that, that response is, is similar to um, responses that I've gotten for, from other priests. But I want you to compare that to what uh, I'm going to play for you. So we've talked about Christopher West quite a bit. Uh, I follow his channel. I'm a supporting patron of his Theology of the Body Institute. Um, but but this one kind of rankled me the other day. And so I want to play it quick, and it, it sort of starts right off. So I think, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but essentially it's a a gentleman writing in his wife uh, had a tragic situation, had to have a radical hysterectomy and some other procedures, I think because of like ovarian cancer or uterine cancer, and essentially is unable, like physically unable to have intercourse anymore. And he essentially says, what are our other, what are our options? And, and Christopher West, to his credit, doesn't mince words, but I want to talk, I want to share his clip. And then I want to I want to talk about it a little bit. So let me see if I can get that queued up here. My wife has had a radical hysterectomy because of cervical cancer. Mm. The cancer returned 16 months later. Oh mercy. She then went through chemo and radiation. As a result of the damage from these procedures, it is not possible for her to have sexual intercourse. As a couple who believe in the theology of the body teachings. What are our options for sexual intimacy in our marriage? <clears throat> Bless you, Tom. Bless you, brother. I can only imagine the journey you guys have been on. It's not something that we have experienced ourselves. Um, let, me, uh, let me just lay out kind of the basic moral principle that is at stake here, and then maybe we can get a little more specific. Uh, the basic moral principle is that sexual climax is designed by God for the marital act, and it should not be pursued outside of the context of the marital act. So knowing ahead of time that your wife is physically 
unable to engage in the marital act, you shouldn't be pursuing sexual climax, yours or hers. That does not mean there shouldn't be tenderness between you and your wife, Tom. Uh, but you will have to know what are the limits. Uh, you'll have to learn that uh, through your own dispositions, your own, you know, every person is different here. You can't just say, well, you can never touch there or you can never do that because people have different sensitivities, different sensibilities, different dispositions. But every couple needs to learn what are the kinds of affection I can show my spouse that will not bring the spouse to the point of no return mm. in the realm of sexual climax. Okay. I hope you could hear that okay. And I'll link to that uh, clip. It's a YouTube clip. Um, so, in, and actually there was, at least in the comments when I looked at it at the time, there was at least one other person that said, yeah, I'm in the same situation. Now, I want to be very clear here, and, and Joan and I always have this little disclaimer, we are not theologians, don't take moral advice from us, don't, but uh, as, as practicing Catholics who care about this stuff and try to be informed, um, <clears throat> I'm troubled by what he said, um, not because he may be wrong, I, I'm not here to say Christopher West is wrong. Uh, although I think it could be. Um, I think it's possible. Um, the The problem that I have is that, well, I have a lot of problems with it, or at least concerns about that. But um, it's not, it, at least from what I can tell, and again, here, here's an open invitation to anyone uh, that's willing to come on, whether you want to be interviewed or just have an email exchange or whatever, but I have an open invitation to someone who believes that they can set forth for me the uh, analysis, sort of the comprehensive overview of, of where the church teaches that these types of acts are wrong and what the reason and justification for is and if you can't do all that at least tell me where the church teaches that and more importantly if someone could tell me why i have reached out to christopher west on a couple of occasions i think i commented on that video uh and then i um uh i i like i said i'm a supporting listener and i actually wrote in a question i was very respectful but i said can you please elaborate on where the church teaches that this is wrong and, and why it does. Um, I'm confident that for most people, they will answer this question in one of two ways. One, or, or two, two possible ways. One, I, I would not be at all surprised if the story of Onan gets brought up. And uh, I'm really not going to say more about that, but... Uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if there's some reference to the story of Onan in Scripture. Second of all, um, I would not be at all surprised if they uh, point to the Catechism, section 2352, which defines masturbation, and uh, I apologize, I don't have the Catechism in front of me, but 
Um, actually, let me just go ahead and pull it up and I'll read it. So I'm going to pause here. Okay, so section 2352 of the Catechism states as follows. By masturbation is to be understood the deliberate stimulation of the genital organs in order to derive sexual pleasure. And it goes on from there, but that's the definition, at least, that the Catechism gives for masturbation. And I would not be at all surprised if he or others um, essentially use that language uh, as justification, or at least include these other acts. Um, and just for, for the listeners that are just still can't, uh, this is too vague for you, let's just say hand jobs, oral sex, um, let's not even include pulling out where there's intercourse is part of it but that's not how things are completed um let's just say it's the it, it occurs entirely independent of of intercourse if that matters they will probably point to that and say well this is just mutual masturbation is it the stimulation of genital organs in order to drive sexual pleasure yes i guess it is uh so are a lot of things <laughs> so is foreplay uh, so is sex itself. Uh, Jonah and I talked about this in another, in a recent episode, like that definition is so broad that it encompasses many things that, that everyone, even Christopher West agrees are licit, such as sex itself or foreplay. Um, so that definition cannot be the standard because it clearly has to be limited or narrowed down. And if you go on to read 2352 uh it talks about it makes references to acts outside of marriage and just just the general connotations is most people think of that as solo activity don't do not uh assume that it would involve act acts between your spouses and the church doesn't anywhere that i know of in the catechism suggest that it's that would include mutual acts so at a bare minimum the the catechism is not not super clear on whether uh, other acts fall into one of these standards or what the church's view of those things. Now there are, I would say, extra extra uh, catechetical. <laughs> I'm not sure making up words here. There there are documents outside the catechism, including some papal writings. I don't know that any of them rise to the level of of authoritative or infallible or dogmatic. I would. Again, if anyone believes that there is a, a clear authoritative teaching out there on this issue, on other acts, please share that with us. I mean, we're, we are not trying to be belligerent here. We're not trying to be obstinate. We we, we are genuinely searching for answers. And, and from what we've been able to find, the answers aren't as clear as... I, I don't think the answers are as clear as Christopher West. Uh, suggests and maybe he he has some insight the rest of us don't but i don't know that he's operating on a different set of uh, rules or understandings i think i think he's just very confident uh in this and in and maybe he's right um maybe he's right but if there's any possibility he's wrong uh i how do i say this I I worry about Christopher West to the extent that 
he as a, as a known um, authority on this, people are going to follow his advice, whether it's right or wrong. And um, I know, uh, I don't have personal experience with this, but I know in talking to couples that do, that being able to engage in these types of acts is not, let's say, not to the same level as, as intercourse, but it is uh, life-giving to their marriage. Uh, it at least provides the unity as well as just the, the natural biological uh, things that come with sexual release. And, um, and on the flip side of that, to be um, sentenced to perhaps a lifetime of, let's be real here, of very, very arduous circumstances of being unable to uh, sexually arouse yourself or your spouse, uh, enjoy orgasm, all that kind of stuff, um, because of what, because of the belief that this is the teaching of the church, um, that is a, an enormous, enormous cross, enormous enough that I think it warrants absolute clarity on this issue, absolute clarity that this is what the church teaches, that it is in fact infallible or dogmatic if it if it is what the church teaches, and more so some explanation for why the church says this. And I'll just be, I'll, I'll put it right out there. If if the justification for this, well, this is what God told us through own, and I, I call bullcrap. That, that is not satisfying. And uh, we need to do better than that. And there, someone needs to show there's some harm, some, some real harm other than just the potential harm of sinning and violating some rule, but some other justification of how there's some hidden harm that's going to befall these folks in their marriages if they engage in these acts as compared to the enormous um, harm that they're going to experience um, if they if they go about this sort of sterile lifestyle. Um, at a bare minimum, most likely one or both of them are going to be masturbating, at least periodically i know i know what the church teaches but that's the reality of it so that i think that has to be factored in it has to be factored in that if that's the that's the approach they're going to take between themselves that one or both of them are going to be masturbating father long and ecker told us 50 percent of men uh that go to the confessional regularly um confess masturbation and porn 50% of Catholic men. That includes good Catholic couples that uh, are practicing natural family planning, et cetera, et cetera. He estimated that one in 20, and he thought that probably was an overestimate of women experienced that. Um, that has to mean something. Um, so why am I so passionate about this? I'm passionate about this because I... I I can see and imagine, I can't imagine, but I can certainly envision the immense strain and stress that 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 site that type of restriction would put on couples who through no choice of their own 
no fault of their own, are left in a situation where they can't have intercourse either just physically or medically can't, or it would be extremely dangerous for them to to get pregnant. Um, that that type of cross warrants absolute clarity uh, on the teaching and uh, strong um, strong explanation for why we teach that if that's what we teach. Anything short of that, I think, is is theological malpractice. So uh, that is why Jonah and I will continue to push this issue because no one else seems to be interested in doing so. Um, because this is too important not to. And if if it's possible that the the rule, so to speak, and I, I hate to use that term, but let's just be, just be honest with it. It's what it is. If the rule isn't as clear as Christopher West says it is, or if the rule is, but has, is, um, has room for change or, or modification, uh, I will spend my life uh, getting to the bottom of that because of just the stakes and issue. So, um, for all for those of you that held through this this little rant, thank you. Um, it is in it, and I would, if if at all possible, if anyone is in that situation, um, my prayers for you. Um, but I would encourage you to get a second opinion. <laughs> Uh, I'm not telling, again, I'm not telling you that Christopher West is wrong or that's not what the church teaches. I I'm not telling you that, but I am very confident that the rule, the standard is not as clear as Christopher West suggests, or at least he's just not telling us how and why the church teaches what it does. And I know that if you bring up this issue to other, to other folks, priests and confessors, that you may get a little different different response um i personally had that experience i've had conversations on and off the record with priests who have essentially well they've given a much different response to christopher west let me just put it that way and if it's at all possible that uh, couples can morally engage in in these types of activities um when when intercourse is not possible or extraordinarily dangerous if it's possible, it's permissible, then I, I want to share that. I, I want to be um, a chance for hope for these people. Um, if you've been in that situation and want to comment or um, share something with us, I would be deeply um, moved if you would do so. Um, if anyone has been in that situation and would be um, willing to give an interview, we can do it anonymously. Um, we don't have to identify you. We don't have to show you whatever you want, but I think, I think the human part of this is, it can, it needs to be, um, shouldn't be overlooked anymore. If there's anyone out there that is a theologian or just, just someone that has an insight that I don't, uh, I may not agree with you, but I will treat you with respect and I will hear you out and I'll give you a chance to speak your piece because I don't want to get this wrong either. I do want to get it right, but I think that the stakes of this and the, and the and the frequency of this issue is such 
that we should make sure we get it right um, and and then do our best to support those uh, affected by whatever the verdict is. So please reach out to us, comment. Uh, you can you can get a hold of us. The uh, you can message us. Um, our contact information, the link tree, should be in the um, in the podcast episode in the podcast feeds that you're at, as well as the YouTube channel. Um, get a hold of us one way or another. We we would love to hear from you. Uh, Joan and I will do our best to be uh, transparent and objective about this. But uh, just hearing those stories just breaks my heart. Um, it, especially if it's possible that what they're being told is not necessarily um, accurate. So anyway, whew, um, thanks for sticking sticking with that. Um, I, um, I'll i try to link to that stuff below. Uh, I welcome any feedback, but I, I, I'm not going to let go of this uh, until, until we get some better answers than we've gotten so far. So Anyway, I hope that finds everyone well, and until next time, everyone, have a good one.